Maryville University and Maryville Hockey present Club Hockey Southwest Weekly. Brought to you by Caesars Entertainment. Nationwide or worldwide, there will always be a Caesars Resort in the center of the action. Verizon Wireless, this is 5G built right. By Jesse Ray's Barbecue in Las Vegas. Championship taste for lunch, dinner, or a pregame feast. Maryville University and Maryville Hockey. Big city lifestyle, small school feel, first-class hockey experience. Behind the Mask and BehindTheMask.com for all of your hockey needs, on ice or in line. By OxyPow, our chemical-free line of cleaning product gets the funk out of your equipment or office. By M-Drive, presenting partner of What Drives You, M-Drive for energy, stamina, recovery. By the University of Arizona. And by Summer Skates. Show off your team pride with shower shoes and koozies for the whole squad at icetimehockeysw.com slash partners and click on the Summer Skates banner. Maryville University and Maryville University Hockey Club Hockey Southwest Weekly is a part of the icetimehockeysw.com network. Here are your hosts, Scott Strandy and Stephen Marsh. All right, welcome in hockey fans, wherever you may be listening to us live on the Podbean app this evening. It is a Wednesday night, which means it is time for Club Hockey Southwest Weekly, presented by Maryville University and the Maryville Hockey Saints, just outside of St. Louis, Missouri. Uh, what a great school, what a great program. Glad to have them on as our presenting sponsors all year long on Club Hockey Southwest Weekly. Scott Strandy joining you from beautiful Scottsdale, Arizona tonight, and my co-host, as always, Stephen Marsh, joining me from beautiful Las Vegas, Nevada. Stephen, how are you doing tonight? Well, we're doing about the same, doing about the same, just getting ready for, for Christmas just over a week away from now, and it's going to be, of course, a little bit different, I'm sure, for a lot of people this year with Christmas, but it's still Christmas season. There's still a lot of joy to be had. And we're ready for another great Wednesday night uh, club hockey podcast with you and all of our listeners. Yeah, I'm uh, excited as well. Uh, the frustration level, Stephen, is starting to, I think, increase around club hockey because uh, we understand the NHL is targeting a comeback date. The AHL has already set out a uh, return to play date of February 5th, if that still holds. Uh, NCAA hockey is going on, but club hockey um seems to be headed in a different direction let's put it that way and uh i'll start off by saying that arizona state men and women have uh well actually all club sports at arizona state have been canceled for the rest of this school year so they won't pick up anything until next fall um i know you had a chance to listen to the wchl podcast the latest one with chris perry and uh, uh you gave me some vibes that maybe things aren't so great in the club hockey world well, that was the vibes I was getting from 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 Chris Perry and his co-host on on that show, and and you know he's he's got a little bit of the insight. As I mentioned, as you mentioned about Arizona State, uh, as they're not doing the the club sports. You know, they had an issue with the the football team a while back with getting COVID tests and then or positive uh, cases, of course, with the coach there, and and it just I think the focus is they want to. It's just if if it, if it's going to happen within the NCAA programs to that level. You know, the, the club sports are certainly going to be, which don't have as much of the resources, it's going to be a difficult task. Uh, you know, I, I don't, as we saw with the ACHA this fall, we only had about eight or nine teams play, I believe, 
and places like North Dakota, Minot, Jamestown, and and uh, and that's one of the, the hotspots right now for for COVID. I think I just saw a statistic like one in three people in in South Dakota, I think, are getting COVID right now. So I mean, it's not looking good. The numbers in a lot of places are not looking good. The vaccine has been starting to be distributed to those that are needed first, healthcare workers and all that. So there's some positive things ahead, but where we stand right now is, is not good. And, and, and it's unfortunate because, you know, we're talking about club hockey and, and it's not really maybe completely surprising that club hockey, they, the priorities would be elsewhere. You know, they want to focus on the, the NCA programs and the different universities, getting those going pro sports and all that. If they, if they can get those going and we're seeing with college basketball, we're seeing a lot of postponements and a lot of cancellations real early on in this season. As a, as a, as a team gets a, a positive case, or a couple of cases, they have to shut down for a few days. They have to, you know, do all this and have to quarantine and isolate, whatever. And it's it's tough. Well, it's it's going to be really tough at a, at a club level to really try to do that. A lot of disruptions, as we've talked about. What if you start up and there's disruption? So, yeah, I don't know. Um, they made it seem like on the podcast that maybe they might be optimistic to think of maybe maybe 20 teams, maybe maybe 15 to 20 teams in the whole ACHA D1 might get to play in the spring, which is not a whole lot. Uh, so it's 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 tough. Uh, we talk about, uh, uh, you know, U of A is maybe going to try. I think we're going to have Chad Berman on later. He can give us an update on that. UNLV is trying, from what I understand. They're trying to work, but the, it's, it's really been an interesting uh, – Nevada's numbers here have not been good. We've setting records for deaths now, and cases are just going high and stuff. So, it's uh, I, I don't, I'm not, I, I want to be more optimistic than I am about UNLV being able to start in January or even be able to get a season in completely. They just had the basketball program had to shut down for a few days because their head coach now just tested positive. So, I don't, I, I wish, you know, we keep telling you being optimistic, and I, I still want to remain hopeful that they can pull something off. But as we're just going along here, it's it's becoming more and more less likely that we might just have to wait until the fall uh, for some hockey for the club sports, for club hockey. Yeah, you know, I, I'm thinking that, and, uh, you know, I told you, uh, I don't know if it was last show or the show before, that uh, I'm kind of the, the the people that nobody wants to hear from because uh, I think it's a smart move. I think Arizona State in the end is going to look back and go, hey, you know what, this was really a good move. We took all the risk out. Uh, the season was a mess to start with because it would have only been a part of the season. Um, you know, I know every coach has got different feelings. And as you said, we will hear from Chad Berman tonight uh, a little later on in the show, and he'll tell us uh, his thoughts. Uh, I know he feels for his team because he's got so much talent. I, I know it's the same way up in, in Vegas with uh, UNLV. They have so much talent, and they just want those kids to get the opportunity. And then you look at uh, Arizona State. They've got a lot of talent as well. Um, but I, I think they got a younger group, so they got guys that can be around another year or two or so, and uh, and and play their games. And then Grand Canyon—that's the quiet one because um, I don't know if you heard this weekend, Stephen, but Grand Canyon and Arizona State played basketball for the first time uh, ever. And uh, well, and I shouldn't say ever, but ever since uh, Grand Canyon went Division One, and it was something that. Uh, everybody was waiting for. They played at Grand Canyon, which is known for its crowd and, and its rowdiness. And um, Grand Canyon had like 3,500 people in the crowd. 
uh, along with cutouts, and they had them spaced out. It was like a row of cutouts, a row of fans, a row of cutouts, a row of fans. And uh, the, the thing that I found interesting about that was, I mean, I guess kudos to for them for doing that and figuring out a way to do it, but they wouldn't let any of their fall teams, their hockey teams, even think about participating. And then now in December you have this big basketball game and you allow 3,500 fans in. So uh, to me, and I, I don't know the whole story, so I don't want to say too much, but it seems really strange that you would have that kind of numbers at a basketball game right now and not let your hockey team play at all. Just yeah, my thoughts. I, no, I, <laughs> that is a little, I mean, that is a little strange. I mean, we're here in Vegas, uh, you know, everything is still uh, no fans. We've had, I think, one basketball game here at, at home, and there was nobody in the crowd. And obviously, um, we've had some women's basketball games and stuff, and there's been nobody in the stands. So, you know, it's the numbers are pretty restrictive here still. So it's it's uh, I, it's amazing how they're able to to pull that off. And and I know Arizona is still not in the best of shape with COVID either. So I don't I don't know how they're able to, to <laughs> the best to of do shape. <laughs> we're we're uh, in a terrible spot right now. Right, uh, as, as Nevada is. So as a lot the of the nation is. Well, the governor came on today and did nothing, uh, basically. He said, we're going to stay status quo, although the numbers are about double what they were at the worst uh, earlier in the year when we were all shut down. So it, it's a completely different viewpoint right now. It's, a, it, it's sad is what it is. And I heard on the news today that now they're moving back uh, with the Christmas holiday coming up. They're moving back the prediction, predictions for the worst time to be sometime in mid-January. So that's uh, awful news if you're uh, if you're a human being, basically. Um, so yeah, but going back, but going, but going back to your point, Scott, about the the basketball, I I think we're seeing this with 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 different colleges and, and universities in the different states. Obviously, the priority is the NCAA programs, and obviously, the priority is the basketball and, and the football, which is why there was such a push to get the football in, and it's such a push to get the basketball. There is still those are the money sports for this, these schools obviously a lot of these, these tv schools, revenue and tv revenue they can still they can still get tv revenue from from the espn fox the other networks that air that air these uh these sports and it's it still can get it can keep them afloat it, it can keep them afloat right now uh during this this time but it's tough to for these universities to kind of give the same uh, go ahead and and without being real apprehensive about you know getting a club sport going i mean they don't the club sports really get depending on the university they don't get a whole lot of funding from from the universities some may get more than others and you know they have to raise their own money in a lot of cases and in most cases so it's 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 a tough it's a tough situation um the other thing i want to mention from the podcast that it seems like it's going to come out i I, it's going to come out from the acha that chris perry and his uh, co-host were talking about was that the eligibility that's going to be uh, apparently the people will have another year of eligibility, even if they play. I think there was a rule if you played like five games and you got to play in the tournament that you'd lose a year of eligibility. Well, it sounds like that's going to be uh, you're going to get another year of ACHA eligibility anyway. And so I, that's that's something to look for, look at too and say, okay, well, and I think that's a smart move because you don't have to force these uh, teams to try to get to play if, if it's not safe and we can put – Follow up our resources and try to get going next next fall, and we can have a good full season. Um, so, 
it's a tough situation because I know the players want to play, the coaches want to play. I know like I've had contact a little bit with the UNLV coaches there, and we're seeing their 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 social media. They're kind of they're kind of doing some stuff to kind of they, they want to get out on the ice. They want to keep themselves in 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 the in the mix there with the with the tweets and stuff to say hey we want to play you know they're and, uh, and but it's I just I don't know I I want I want to see it too but if it can be done great but I just it's just a tough situation right now so well let me let me put it this way uh, Arizona State a big university said no club sports all the way across the board. Uh, I think that's what they had to do. They could not make exceptions here and there. It wouldn't have been fair to athletes. So I understand that. I understand that they're trying to do their NCAA stuff, as you mentioned, with the revenue. Now, it's a different story down at U of A, and we'll talk to Chad Berman about that a little later in the show. But um, there, he, he says they're getting treated a little bit more like a actual NCAA program, which is good for them. But uh, he's hoping – that there's enough teams now that are still able to play. So if they are able to play, and that's still an if, uh, that they'll be able to compete with teams like UNLV and, uh, and maybe a Colorado or a Utah or somebody. But uh, with with ASU out and possibly Grand Canyon out, um, ASU is back to that, or Arizona is back to that point of if we're going to find a game, it's going to be a long ways away. So uh, that that's another thing to think about. I know next week we got John Hogan coming on from uh, – our sponsor at uh, Maryville University, he's going to come on and talk about what he knows, their possibility to be the site if there is an NCAA, uh, ACHA national tournament. So uh, we'll talk to John next week. Um, tonight, though, uh, we have scheduled to come on in just a couple of minutes, Tanner Wilson from the Texas Sports Review. Uh, Tanner does everything that is amateur hockey in Texas, uh, based in Dallas and uh, he's got a lot of insight into what's going on, so hopefully we'll have Tanner here in just a couple of minutes. And then, like I said, Chad Berman, the last 15 minutes of the show, is going to join us and just give us a quick update of where he's at and where his program is at. So on that note, let's take a quick break. Let's hear from some of our partners, and then uh, we'll come back and see if we've got a connection with Tanner in uh, about three or four minutes. I can't wait to get to Las Vegas and check out the fortress. Going to see the Golden Knights? No. Stopping at Jesse Ray's Barbecue for lunch. Oh, that fortress. That combination of brisket, hot links, fries, mac and cheese, surrounded by offensive ribs? I'm in. Exactly. Jesse Ray's Barbecue, located at 5611 South Valley View Boulevard, right behind the Mandalay Bay Hotel. Check out their pulled pork, smoked chicken, or the fall off the bone baby back ribs. Jesse Ray's Barbecue has been voted the best barbecue in Las Vegas two years running. So whether it's a midday meal or a pregame feast, head to Jesse Ray's Barbecue for all their award-winning tastes. When looking for a place to continue your education, think of the boxes that Maryville University checks off. Big city access, Maryville is located in the St. Louis suburbs. Small school feel, Maryville's average class size is less than 15. Vibrant campus, Maryville is the second fastest growing private university in the country. With over 3,000 undergrad students on campus and more than 10,000 online, Maryville University is able to provide a cutting-edge, robust learning experience for the 21st century. From the sciences to education to business and more, 
Our undergrad and graduate programs promise an individualized, hands-on experience that is truly crafted for today's student. For more information on our campus life programs, admissions, or more, visit our website at maryville.edu. At the heart of any good cocktail is the quality of the spirit used. And if you want to make the best margaritas, or if you just want a straight shot of the best tasting tequila, then Roger Klein's Cancion Tequila is the brand for you. Award-winning Roger Klein's Cancion Tequila has the taste you want to make perfectly blended cocktails, whether you're celebrating an overtime game winner with friends or relaxing by the pool after a long work day. Find your bottle, be it in Arizona or elsewhere in the U.S. Visit us at MexicanMoonshine.com. Roger Klein's Cancion Tequila, award-winning taste since 2011. I have a car whose lease is up soon, and I'll be looking around for the best deal that I can get. I have certain parameters that I'm looking for in that next vehicle. For example, I want a car that qualifies for a New York State HOV sticker. But being on Long Island won't stop me from taking advice from hockey great Shane Doan, and I'll be checking out Bell Ford and BellFord.com. Bell Ford, the presenting partner of our new season of the Sunday special at IcetimeHockeySW.com, was voted the number one Ford dealer in Arizona. So go, shop where Shane Doan shops. Talk to Kevin Wood. Let him know that IcetimeHockeySW.com sent you and let him give you the all-star treatment online or at 2401 West Bell Road in Phoenix. We've all been there. We know what kind of gift to get someone but sometimes it can be too hard to make sure that the gift is the right size or style. So we shrug our shoulders and try to think of something else. Well, if that person is the hockey player in your life, the answer is easy. A gift certificate or a gift card to behind-the-mask hockey shops. Whether you go to any of our Three Valley locations or behindthemask.com, our gift cards are the perfect solution. Sports equipment, especially hockey equipment, has to feel right to the user. And the Behind the Mask gift card allows you to show the player how much you care and lets them pick out what's right for them, whether we're talking about sticks, gloves, skates, or more. Pick one up today at any of our Behind the Mask locations in Gilbert, Peoria, or Scottsdale, or at BehindTheMask.com. Looking for a big school college hockey experience in a small school setting? Then Maryville University could be for you. Playing in the brand new 2,000-seat Maryville University Hockey Center, the Saints enjoy a first-class athletic experience as the men compete against ACHA powers such as Lindenwood, Central Oklahoma, and Missouri State. This year, the D1 men's team will start their third season of competition, adding an ACHA D2 men's team, as well as a new ACHA D1 women's team. All three teams will call this two-sheet, 84,000-square-foot arena home and give any player a varsity-level feel. Located in the suburbs of St. Louis, Maryville is the second-fastest-growing private university in the country and offers both a world-class education and a first-class athletic experience. For more, go to MaryvilleSaints.com. 
All right, we're back. Club Hockey Southwest Weekly. Scott Strandy joining you from Scottsdale, Arizona. My co-host, Stephen Marsh, joining me from beautiful Las Vegas, Nevada. Uh, Stephen, as we get uh, try to get hooked up with uh, our guest, Tanner Wilson here, I'll let you take it away and talk to us a little bit about uh, some of the things going up in UNLV. You mentioned what they were doing to try to get the attention or keep the attention of the university. So you give me a minute or two of uh, conversation and we'll uh, hook up with Tanner. Uh, sure. Uh, they've been, they've been kind of, as we've talked about on the previous uh, show, they are uh, getting ready. They're going to have some new jerseys they're going to unveil in the beginning of the uh, year. And they've been doing some photo shoots, I believe, or they're trying to uh, get those going. And uh, they've been also been out on the, the, they went and did something on the strip there. They, they, um, there's some video that was put together and of them going to the, the Cosmopolitan and also just rollerblading on the strip there and, and just uh, being, being out there and, and uh, just, you know, the hashtag free a rebel because they want to be able to be allowed to play and to, and to have, have games in the, in the spring. So whether that will happen or not, we don't, we don't know. Uh, but yeah, you know, they, they, they want to play oh, for sure. I mean, they're, they're, you know, why should Minot State and Jamestown have all the fun? It seems like they're the only teams are able to play, they, but UNLV is, is certainly in a position to play. But as you mentioned earlier about uh, U of A, if, if they can get to play, I mean, you're really going to need a lot of teams to play. If, if U of A is the only team that's going to be able to get the go-ahead to play, uh, who are they going to play? I mean, it's uh, UNLV, if they can't play, ASU's not playing, if Grand Canyon can't play, uh, it's going to be interesting to, to see what the what the travel's going to be like, if, if they're going to be able to travel and what that may look like. So, yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be really uh, an interesting thing, uh, Stephen. I hate to cut you off, but I have our guest Tanner Wilson on from the Texas Sports Review. In all fairness, folks, I, I didn't give Tanner much of a chance here. I I called him late today, and he was gracious enough to come on. So I have him by phone. So we will hear from Tanner Wilson right now. Tanner, Scott, and Stephen with you. You'll be able to only hear me right now. But how are you? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on such short notice this evening. Absolutely. I, I really appreciate you jumping on with us because I, I wanted to get your insight on a couple of things. First and foremost, you texted me about uh, all the girls' commitments that uh, are happening out of Texas, and I think that's really cool. So tell us a little bit about what's been happening in the Texas girls' ranks. Well, we have a co Our coach right now is Mike Selkin. He is the current head coach of the Dallas Stars Elite Girls U19s, and, and he has been the brains behind helping grow the girls program over the last few years with the Dallas Stars Elite Hockey Club. If you look at the current number of players that we have playing Division One and even Division Three right now, right now we only have four players in the division one ranks and four players in the division three ranks. But if you look at the current list of commitments we have, including one of the youngest players for the Dallas stars, elite girls, U19, a forward from McKinney, Texas named Kaylee Lewis, who just last Friday announced a commitment to the university of Vermont starting in the 2022, 2023 season. This makes eight Division One commitments in the Dallas Stars Elites Girls program right now. Six for 2021 and currently two for 2022. And there should be a few others coming up on the horizon as the season comes up, comes up. So this program is really growing quite fast in recent years. 
Well, not only growing fast, but producing some real talent, it sounds like. Um, before we go too much farther, tell us a little bit about the COVID situation in Texas, because I know here in Arizona, the numbers are spiking. They're telling us to prepare for a uh, mid-January peak um, or late-January peak. ASU has canceled their uh, club programs for uh, men and women, well, actually all club sports for this entire school year. So how are things there? Right now, things are open somewhat more than they are in a plus state like Arizona. However, recently we did have restrictions back in the place at 50% at per 50% capacity for most indoor locations right now. So it's still kind of difficult to get much access to the rinks. As for area teams, the University of North Texas a couple of weeks ago announced that they will not be playing for the 2020-21 season and we're looking and we're still waiting to hear from the Texas Collegiate Hockey Conference and the rest of the TCHC teams on what their plans are going to be for the spring and as of right now oh I checked the schedule recently to see if there's been any updated schedules and there's still no schedules on the on any of the team or league websites right now so it makes me wonder if they're not going to be if there's a chance they may not be playing at all this year it's starting to increase yeah i, I hear you and that's the thing i i thought too and you know with uh, with arizona state ncaa hockey playing all of their games uh in the big 10 and on the road it's been uh different because They've, they've been able to play all their games, no cancellations, no cases that we know of except a few, uh, I guess, in Minnesota early on and a few in Wisconsin when ASU played there. But uh, they don't have the second-half schedule out yet. And uh, all of us in the media are, like, going, like, what's going on? And it's like uh, I, I mentioned to it, you know, I realize that it, it's maybe subject to change. But my fear, and, and I'm sure you will feel the same way about this, is if you're trying to grow a program – or grow the game in certain areas, you kind of need to keep the interest up. And right now I'm getting a lot of people that are telling me down here is that, oh, is Arizona State even going to play in January and beyond, or uh, what's going on? So I would like to see them put a schedule out. What are your thoughts on that? I would like to see that too, and many of them are thinking the same thing here, is that there are, there's no schedules to be found anywhere. And as I mentioned, the University of North Texas has already, their hockey club has already announced that they will not be playing regardless of what the Texas Collegiate Hockey Conference announces. So, and the TCHC has, and the TCHC has been pretty quiet on this too. And in one program I'm kind of worried about right now is SMU because they were supposed to be making their debut in the conference this year. So some are wondering about the future of that program right now. Yeah, I hear you. It's a it's a thing in a sport like hockey and non I guess traditional hockey markets is you need to keep people abreast as to what's going on. I mean, ASU finally made their announcement today and, and put out some uh, artist renderings of what that new facility is going to look like on campus. But uh, up until today, uh, the talk was it was voted and approved on, and everybody knew it was coming, but. Reality didn't sink in until today about, I don't know, 10 o'clock this morning. So uh, it, it, it's it's different. I know it's COVID, but I would rather see a schedule be put down and altered than not put down at all. Yeah, I would. I mean, they need to be making decisions on this soon. Do you play in the spring or not? So this is a 
So they are getting, so it's starting to become crunch time for many clubs all across the country right now to see what their spring plans are going to be. Okay. So I know you, I know you have a lot of eyes on, uh, on the junior ranks uh, there in Texas and Oklahoma and across the, uh, that Southwest area. Tell us a little bit about what's been happening in the junior ranks. Well, for some, it depends on the team and where they are. For example, in New Mexico, with the Ice Wolves, they have had that they have not been allowed to play at all. So they've been having to find in some neutral site games. They came up here to play the Lone Star Brahmas for a couple games recently. And there's talk that they may be talking to a couple of the West Texas teams, maybe particularly the Odessa Jackalopes, since that would be their shortest trip. So maybe playing some of their games out there right now. And as for some of the other teams, like, and as for some of the other teams, like the Corpus Christi Ice Rays, who are who announced back in the summer that they are not playing, they are still looking to stay in the news with player signings and whatnot to make sure to show that they are planning a return in the 2021-2022 season. And then others are still playing, but some with very few crowds, like the Lone Star Brahmas, which is the team I follow locally the most, who they are having... They, they're doing what some of the other pro sports teams are doing and allowing fans to to have cardboard cutups of themselves to be put in certain areas of the rink to maintain social distancing. Even though fans have been allowed to go, go to the games, it looks in the rinks look empty for the most part. So, so even if the fans do want to go, most of them are not right now. Yeah, that that's interesting because you know it's 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 really strange in NCAA hockey, and and uh, we'll branch off into that just a tad because I know you've got some connections with Texas players uh, in the NCAA. But uh, I talked to the NCAA coaches on our two NCAA shows, and uh, when I asked them about this season, I said it's really like it's every conference, every team for itself because there's so many different things. Frank Saratori at at Air Force, for example, told me. We're just trying to get to play 13 games because we can't be eligible for the national tournament until we've played 13 games. Uh, as I mentioned, Arizona State's playing uh, all road schedule in the Big Ten. And then I'm watching right now the NCHC uh, game going on between North Dakota and St. Cloud State in the pod at, in Omaha. And that seems to have been the best thing that happened was uh, for them to go to the pod. you have any thoughts on that? I mean, when the NHL did that for their Stanley Cup playoffs and not have a single case of COVID, I thought this was going to be the model to go for pretty much not just hockey, but pretty much all sports right now. Oh, but on the way that they are playing games and traveling, that, that was really that really surprised me when I saw all that. And I was curious if any of the leagues like the North American Hockey League or the United States Hockey League were considering going to pods and they have decided not to right now. And I think that's probably because they may not be able to afford to right now because they're trying, because they're spending all the extra money trying to keep their leagues going as it is right now. So, and as for the players, for some of our area players, we've had, for example, several area players 
especially in the in the Ivy Leagues. For example, we have two players that are playing for the Star Brahmas that should have started their NCAA careers with Harvard this season. Players like Ryan Dershowitz, like Ryan Dershowitz, for example, and we have have some others that are still kind that even though they're still they are playing, their season hasn't started yet. For example. Our Oklahoma native for UMass Lowell, Matt Allen, that I mentioned to you last time, their season, even though Hockey East has started, they had a COVID scare and they've had to delay the start of their season. So it's just, it's like every team, every conference, every league for themselves right now. Yeah, and I think the unique part about that is, and, uh, you know, I mean, you look at trying to put together a 16 team. Uh, tournament field that we all hope happens for the uh, national tournament uh, in late March. But when you start doing that, how, how do you pick teams, right? I mean, they're, they're so used to using the uh, pairwise, pairwise rankings, and, and that will basically be out because there won't be enough uh, cross-pollination of games, I guess, to, to determine that. It wouldn't shock me either to maybe see a shorter tournament this year, to maybe see, instead of a 16-team tournament, maybe an 8- or 12-team national tournament. So I think that might be worth watching for. Yeah, I think you're you're entirely uh, right on that. I, uh, I keep our eyes open for that happening. But uh, tell us a little bit about some of the Texas guys playing in the NCAA, and specifically one that's having a great season already for uh, Arizona State. Yeah, Ryan Robertson has been off to a fantastic start, and he's been getting, and after it looked like some injury situations early on, he got a chance to move up to the starting line and has done quite well there, including including scoring his first career goals, and he's getting... And he's doing well on the four check. So he's been so he's showing not only Arizona State but the Detroit Red Wings, who drafted him a couple of years ago, that he's been off to a strong start already. In that he that he's going to be a force to be reckoned with during his college career there. So so he has been by far the best player from our area so far. Yeah, I know Coach Powers is really pleased with what he's seen uh, from Ryan. And, um, you know, you look at at guys that are coming up the pipeline, but we have another one coming up the pipeline that's playing, still playing junior hockey out in your area, right? Yeah, Ryan Robertson. He was he was scheduled to start his college career in 2021, and, but he's been – He's been a very physical force for the Wichita Falls Warriors in the North American Hockey League. He is, he's delivered some great open ice checks. He's very strong along the boards, and and he's proving to be among the forwards one of the better defensemen. So he's been getting some penalty killing time as well, uh, with the, with some of the forwards at times. So he's proving to be a very good two way forward. Okay, so so let me ask you this and what you've seen from, from a distance like I have, but it seems to me that the NAHL is starting to close the gap on the USHL, and I think that's a, a just a sign that there's a lot of really good hockey players and just not enough, uh, as Coach Powers likes to say, there's just not enough stalls for them at NCAA level, but maybe that's the case in the USHL too, and a lot of quality players are playing NAHL, and that's why that, that league is getting better and better. 
Well, the league's motto is the League of Opportunity, and they continue to be one of, if not one of the best leagues in North America, where if you start the season with without an NCAA commitment, you could have a great, as you continue to go on the year and continue to improve your game, you could start getting NCAA interest very easily. And by the late portion or end of the year, you could have a D1 or D3 commitment. So they have done a very good job of that just over the years. And one player I think that could be a great example of this from our area is Evan Werner. He's been playing for the New Jersey Titans this season. He's also a USHL affiliate with the Lincoln Stars, a 2003 birth year from Flower Mound, Texas. He's already up to nine. He's already up to nine goals on the year and is just one back of the rookie goal scoring lead right now. And just a couple of weeks ago, he was named the East Division second star of the week after a three goal week. So he's definitely so he's so the interest is slowly starting to build up for him. And I would wonder too if if this were a normal year about his chances to possibly play in the USHL because it looks like at times he definitely deserve, belongs like he would be in the USHL right now because he did play a couple games with Lincoln last year and he gave him a little sneak peek of possibly what to expect. So so I definitely think he's got some USHL quality in him, especially as we go forward this season. Okay, so I'll leave you on this one, um, and I certainly appreciate you coming on like you did in such late notice for me. Uh, I, I gave it to you really late, and I apologize for that, but um, thanks for answering the bell. Uh, I want you to tell, because my co-host and I, that you're not able to hear, Stephen Marsh, we're planning on being just in your neck of the woods for the ACHA National Tournament last year, and we were all looking forward to, to seeing the facilities in Texas and, and specifically the STARS practice facility and everything, but Give everybody here in the Southwest another another overview, if you can, of what that's like in your area for uh, for facilities and great hockey. The Dallas Stars have done, since basically day one when they arrived here in the early 90s, they have done an excellent job of creating a hockey culture. The facilities are fantastic. It four, there's four locker rooms per team. They want to upgrade that to six in the not too distant future. And they also, and right now in a couple of years, about a year and a half ago, they opened their latest facility in Mansfield in the Southwestern part of the area. And, and they, and that's a part of the Metroplex that they want to start focusing on is like the Western part of the Metroplex, the closer you get to Fort Worth, because there's only a couple of, couple of their rinks are out there right now in Euless and Mansfield. And there's rumors that the city like Keller could be next because they want us, they got that Western strategy going on right now. Also, if you're, so it's, they got a great upper, they have a great upstairs area for viewing. And if you're ever at, and besides the Frisco Stars Center, which is their main hub, where the Stars Practice Facility and Lock Stars Practice Facility and Corporate Headquarters are based, there's also a really some really cool venues at some of the other star centers. For example, if you're ever at the one in Farmers Branch, which just happens to be the one I'm closest to, they recently installed something called the Texas Hockey History Center, which is basically a a kind of like a little museum dedicated to hockey, especially pre-Dallas Stars era. So you can find a lot of really interesting 
collecting memorabilia from pre-Dallas Stars, from pre-Dallas Stars teams and eras in up to, yeah, up, yeah, up in that little museum, and they'll be looking to expand it and add other parts to some of the other star centers in the near future. Tanner, that's a great overview. I can't wait to get back in that area. I've been there before, but I want to get back again and take a look at it. So thank you again for taking time to fill us in on what's going on down there, especially on short notice. Uh, it, it makes a big world of difference to us to uh, to be able to hear from other people in, in surrounding areas. So have a good evening. I know you got a Bantam tournament to take care of, so uh, uh, enjoy that, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. All right. Thank you. Absolutely. That's uh, Tanner Wilson from the Texas Sports Review giving us a little update on what's going on in Texas and some of the connections there are to uh, Tempe NCAA-wise and girls hockey-wise. Stephen, I know you can only hear that, but just uh, give us your overview on uh, what you thought of Texas. I know you were dying to get down there with me for the uh, ACHA tournament. Yeah, yeah, that was good. That would have been a lot of fun. You know, they do everything bigger in Texas, as they say. So... <laughs> <laughs> that would have been uh, would have been great. It, it, just another example again of how big hockey is and how big it's it's gotten. And you got a place like like Texas where it seems like it's there's a lot of a lot of great hockey going on there between the the, the youth hockey and and the uh, junior hockey and and uh, and obviously the some college ones or whatever. But and obviously the NHL. So it's it's a uh, it's it's amazing and. Uh, yeah, I was bummed we couldn't go to go to Texas, but uh, be another time. But you know, we'll we'll, we'll uh... see where this year's tournament is. And <laughs> yeah. and right now we got another guest with us. We got the head coach from the University of Arizona, Chad Berman, joining us. Coach uh, Stephen and Scott, with you tonight. How are you? Hey, good. How are you guys doing? <laughs> well, I want to know how good the golf game was today because you told me you're on the golf course, so. It was dreadful. I think my my son and it was, today was my son's uh, ninth birthday, and I'm pretty sure oh. he golfed me. So, well, happy birthday, Grady! Yeah, so we went golfing, and he showed his dad. Nice, yeah. nice. Oh, I love it. Uh, okay, so let's get right into this. Uh, I, I said at the start of the show, you probably didn't hear it, but as I said at the start of the show, um, NCAA has found a way to to get games in. Uh, albeit uh, every conference for themselves, so to speak. Uh, the NHL has a target date. Uh, the AHL has a target date. And and you poor guys at the ACHA level, um, I think are kind of getting a bit of the shaft, if I can say that. <laughs> well, I, I didn't know there was an can AHL startup date. <laughs> what was the, what's the AHL startup date? I haven't heard that yet. The, the AHL has, well, they were the first ones to say February 5th. And everybody said, yeah. what? February 5th? Uh, who knows? Who knows at this yeah. point? But, but, but tell us what, what you know from your end of it, because we know Arizona State men and women and all club sports are out. Uh, UNLV is trying to uh, impress their university and keep their name in front of them to, to get games. Uh, how are things in Tucson? Uh, we're doing well. I mean, um, I'm really – I mean, I, I can't say enough. The growth of our program is beyond – the talent and, and uh, outcome on the ice, just the support we're getting from our administration and the university is just, it's unheard of compared to what we would have had in the past. I mean, they've really gone on a ledge. We're, we're hoping to get cleared for uh, testing paid for through the university, which is, you know, a tremendous boost, but all plans for us are moving forward. Obviously we don't know what it's going to look like, um, but we're certainly moving forward and preparing to play 
Um, most of the indications we're getting are we're probably not going to be playing games before mid-February, possibly and most likely even beginning of March. Um, and I said, that sounds fine to me because <laughs> there's a chance. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's going to take a while. Our, our guys are obviously chomping at the bit, but um, I'm just really excited that I work for a lot of forward-thinking, can-do type of people who um, obviously we're going to do this the right way and make sure it's done safely. But um, we're trying to do everything we can for these kids to make sure that they can play a season, particularly our seniors. Steven, you got something for Coach? Yeah, so follow up with that. If So you're saying if, if you guys don't start playing until what, February or March, how, what would that even look like? Because the national tournament, I think, right now is targeted for April. So how would that even – how would you guys even – fit into the equation with, with the playing that late into the into the season if, if that's when you guys have to play. Yeah, so my guess is there's going to be some, obviously, some adjustments here as far as when games can stop and uh, and count and all that. They're, they're going to have to adjust. In a lot of ways, if you're still standing, you're probably in the tournament, to be honest with you. So um, for us, it's, it's when can we get out there and, and get on the ice? If we have to pack in a schedule – all of March and beginning of April, uh, if that's what we got to do to give us a chance to hang around and be able to hopefully uh, attend a national tournament, um, that's ultimately the best case scenario for what we're hoping for. And I would imagine that the, the travel could be another issue because here you guys might get to go ahead and play, but some of the teams that you normally would play that would be easier travel aren't going to maybe be allowed to play. And so now you guys are going to have to scramble and play anybody that you can play. And so, uh, that's got to be a, another challenge that you guys will have to probably uh, deal with potentially. For sure. It's a long list of challenges um, you know, that we've been working on, and these aren't things that are creeping up on us. We've anticipated these for months, and I think that's part of adapting to change and anticipating that stuff is you got to prepare for it. And so um, I, I've been in a lot of contact with a lot of teams and coaches, so I have a, a good sense of who's doing what. I know in our situation – if you're going to play against us, you have to meet or exceed the minimum requirements as far as the protocols and guidelines that we're going to be following. Um, and the teams that I've been talking to are aware of that. Um, and, and, and then beyond that, we're trying to take the lead between myself, uh, Chris Perry, uh, and I should say Mike Rivera, uh, head coach at UCO, who's done a great job as well stepping up, especially for a young coach. I've been very impressed with him. Um, we're all getting together to say let's create a conference-wide um, set of guidelines and rules because it doesn't matter if we follow this. If you don't, we can't play you anyway. So let's all get on the same page. And the response and attitude has been great. Um, I think everybody is willing to do whatever it takes, you know, it, for us to play hockey safely. Um, and so the response has been great of, okay, that's a little more than we were expecting or planning to do, but if that's what we need to do to play hockey, um, those are the conversations we're having. And, um, you know, it's, it's great. Again, I'm proud to be a part of this university and the way we're, we're handling this. I'm, I'm proud to be a part of this conference, the way Chris Perry handled it. Um, and I, I'm, I'm honestly really encouraged to see the leadership uh, that Mike's taken at UCO and to see that that program's in good hands. He's a younger coach. Um, I, I coached against him when he was a player there. And so it's pretty cool to see him transitioning now into this role. And um, he's doing a good job trying to help uh, get us in the right direction here. It's been great. Okay, so, so Coach, I've got one for you on this. And I don't know if you can answer this or not, but uh, what do you know about the rest of the teams in the WCHL? I mean, it, it's been so quiet, and I've kind of been on a soapbox for the last couple of weeks uh, on NCAA hockey because I'm frustrated with, uh, for example, the Big Ten. They haven't put out their second half of the schedule. They've done relatively well in playing all the games in the in the first half without any real issues. 
but they're not telling anybody what the schedule is for the second half. So I'm getting calls from ASU parents, for example, that are saying, hey, do you know when my kid's going to play a game again? And, and I think that's really detrimental yeah. to the game. And, and I'm frustrated also with teams in the ACHA because you guys have kept yourself out in front, uh, whether it's been putting Twitter stuff out or, or YouTube stuff or whatever. You've, you've let people know that you're still a program and you're thriving and you're going. But other places have just kind of shut the door down, and I can't get comments or answers or anything. So what do you know? Well, yeah, that's a. I mean, there's a lot to all that. Um, you know, I, I don't want to speak for any of the other uh, ACHA or WCHL WCHL programs. Um, you know, I've got a good sense of who's in and out, and, and most of them aren't in, um, or, or what we're anticipating, I should say. You know, anything could change here. Um, and so, you know, I think the biggest difference that you're you're going to find between NCAA and ACHA is they have the ability more in the NCAA to have a uh, lead voice in the NCAA saying that this is how it's doing in one set of guidelines. It's very difficult to do in our scenario in the ACHA. There's such a wide variety of support, uh, engagement, involvement, budgets, et cetera. It's, it's such a different, strange array here in the ACHA um, that that would be very difficult to do. So it's just it's a very different climate. Um, my guess is the NCAA is going to hold off because they're not sure what to do, and they're probably trying to wait out the holiday season and see how this goes. Um, I can tell you what I'm – I mean, I think what we have to remember is it's not what we want, it's what we need. And what we need is to be flexible and understand it's going to be different. Uh, and I know you guys all understand that. But, like, for example, in regard to the NCAA scheduling, I'm prepared to – and I've told my players this. I'm prepared to possibly schedule a game two weeks out, put it together, and, and find a way to make it happen. Um, we're just going to have to be flexible. We're going to have to be creative. We're going to have to find ways to – to maximize what we can control. You know, and I, I totally understand that part of it. I guess my biggest pet peeve on the thing is that uh, I started this company to grow the game of hockey, and, and it's like it, the one thing you have to do to grow the game of hockey is to generate interest, right? And if you're not – and I yeah. and I understand, like – and I'll go back to the Big Ten again because uh, I think they are more ACHA-like this season than ever because the Big Ten's got their own – deal they're playing their own games nchc is playing in a pod and then playing their own teams on the road and at home uh so what i'm getting at is that uh, and i'm sure you'd agree to this is you got to keep your sport in front of possible fans especially at this time if you put out a schedule and have to adjust it like you just said you're flexible to that but uh it, mm -hmm. a, a fan doesn't understand that they, they think, oh, well, they were a hockey team last year, but now they're not this year because, unfortunately, that's happened quite a bit. Yeah, I mean, you know, and I guess I don't – I'm not familiar enough with what's going on in the NCAA and, and the particular scheduling. And, uh, and certainly I, I understand. I think, you know, anytime you're dealing with liabilities, people get real quiet <laughs> right. and, and don't want to claim their name <laughs> to things, you know. And so I think it becomes a very dicey area, and this is certainly – uncharted waters we're in here but um you know but it's but it's not unheard of i mean yeah. i just got done i had a zoom with my team yesterday and, and i kind of shared with them I, I learned recent history you know about <laughs> the, the the spanish flu in the early 1900s knocking out a season after game five of world series and then we talked about world war one and two and um nhl players having to leave i say i learned that con smite um went to world war one and world war two uh, World War One. After World War One, he was taken as a prisoner of war for two, or, or he was 
uh, injured or shot down, and then he went back into World War II, and I think he got injured, and then maybe was a prisoner of war for two years, and he was like, okay, maybe we're not all cursed, and we can figure this out. <laughs> but, uh, um, you know, so that's, it's, that's been kind of part of our journey here, is trying to have perspective on everything, and, and handling these things the best we can, and um, you know, and here I am having a meeting with my guys over Zoom, like, for example. Well, I'll give you kudos because I think uh, you've done a great job without having ice and being able to keep the, the interest up. But every time I see something going on uh, in your program, I think, you know, that's how you build a fan base. That's how you grow the game, and that's how you keep people interested. And, and like you said, the nice history lesson going on down at the U of A. So anybody needs history lessons, just uh, get a hold of Coach Berman, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know about that, but I mean, certainly I'm lucky to work with great people. Tanner Harris has worked hard with this social media stuff and, and, and Troy Vaughn and um, just very grateful to work for, for the, the organization we do. And this is how I know. I mean, to me, character, I always say this about my players, character is, is best judged through the hardest times. So how are people handling this situation is really important. Uh, and I'm proud of the way our, our program's handling it. We're maximizing what we can control. We're trying to be as forthright, honest, and, and um, direct with people as we can and, you know, check every, every option we can. Um, you know, we want to play hockey, but we also want it to be safe. And we also understand um, that we've got to figure out solutions to, to things that, you know, there's, there's, there's questions that are very difficult to answer. Again, just to highlight the difference between ACHA and NCAA. They're, NCAA can do this bubble format and all these things. Um, the ACHA has got to worry about things like, okay, what happens if a guy gets sick on the road? Um, well, that's a different kind of a budget and scenario and situation and how do you get him back? And so, um, it's just a really complex situation. And if you really can buy some popcorn, sit back and watch, it's kind of fun to see people, um, uh, problem solve things that we've never had to. I mean, if you kind of have fun with it, it's kind of cool. I hear you. Okay. Steven, give me your last, uh, your last one. And then I'll give one last one and we'll let them go. Yeah, so the, um, as you said, as you said now, you've you've talked with the the team, the players. Uh, what are what's the sense for them? Uh, they've they've got to be like ready to get on the ice, and uh, and what is um, what is their mental state like? Is it, are they are they optimistic? You guys optimistic? Obviously excited that this season, if you guys can get this season in. Yeah. So last night was a Zoom call where we kind of talked to our players. Um, and, and I told them by the 15th we would have an, an idea of if we were doing this still or not. And um, certainly I got to the chase early and I said, you know, I, I think a lot of teams aren't going to be moving forward, but we're, we're not uh, going to be one of them. We're going to continue to try to make this work. And, it, and you could just see the, you know, the release and the relief of at least there's hope that maybe we can still play hockey. I mean, they know that, that there's nothing's guaranteed and that this thing's fluid. Um, but you could feel the, see the relief off them. I mean, Look, we all went to college. We had a much different experience than they do. I, I feel I feel terrible for these guys that they don't get the college experience, the college beyond hockey. That you know, going to class, um, being with their friends, the social aspects of it. Um, they're not able to to get those things, um, and then on top of it, they can't play hockey either. So I feel for them. But again, as a program, we're we're trying not to focus on that, not to be victims of our circumstances that we're in, uh, and instead to have perspective and um, you know. What what else can you do with all this stuff except try to move forward and, and hope for the best? Uh, that's well said. Coach, I'll let you go on this one. Uh, next week's guest is uh, your former coach and uh, a player uh, for you. John Hogan's going to be on with us. So uh, he told me, he texted me and said, hey, I want to come on right before Christmas because maybe I'll be able to bring some good news. So um, 
any words of advice for uh, for for John? Are you going to get down and play his guys, maybe, or uh, what's the deal? <laughs> we've certainly, I mean, we've certainly talked. John John's a good example of a program um, so far that's doing what they can, and you know they have the minimal requirements of testing the protocols and stuff like that. So we've had a lot of dialogue um, in that regard, and certainly that's a possibility. Um, you know, it's a big travel trip, and there's other things that go with that. But um, you know, I think. For those of us that feel like we're going to stay in the running here to possibly play, um, we're kind of in a wait-and-see mode, and let's see how this goes, the next phase goes. Let's talk in January, uh, and then we're going to quickly throw together some kind of schedule after we find out who's actually playing, and, and I'm certainly hopeful there's some teams out west here that can join us. Sounds good, Coach. Uh, tell Grady happy birthday, and uh, take care of you guys, and uh, make sure everybody stays healthy, and let's hope we can see you in January, February, March, whenever it may be, back on the ice where you belong. Absolutely. I hope to see you there. Thanks. All right. That's Coach Chad Berman with the University of Arizona joining us, giving us a little update on his program. And and I'm going to give the kudos, Stephen, right now to him uh, and also to UNLV because uh, they have kept their sport, their team, uh, in front of everyone, whether it be social media, whatever they had to do with uh, – team stores and uh, putting their program out there, letting people know that, that uh, there's still hockey going on, especially in the ACHA. And, you know, I, I don't want to down downgrade anybody because everybody's got their own uh, ways of doing things, but I just think, you know, it's a difficult time. And if you gotta, if you gotta deal with this, just, just deal with it, you know, tell people, Hey, you know, like I said, ASU, I'm very proud of the fact that, that they decided straight up front that no club sports, that's that's their policy. So, you know, pat on the back. But but everybody else, say something. Do something. Keep your, uh, keep your name and your team and your program and your logo out in front of the public. Let them know that you're not throwing in the towel forever. Yeah, I you said you said it there. I, I, you know, hearing the hearing Chad Berman and uh, I've, I'm excited for them. It seems like they're really in a good position where they are very optimistic that they can they can get a, a season. In. So for for that purpose, for us at least, we might have one team we can we can follow closely this this season. Uh, I, I I still remain hopeful that UNLV can figure something out. Although I don't I don't know uh, what the level of urgency the the powers to be there would be to allow them and the other club sports to, to play when, um, you know, the, the focus is on the COVID, which is, you know, not in a good situation right here in Nevada. And they're focusing on their NCA pro- programs and, and they're having to navigate through that as, as they've, so I, you know, I don't know if, if they want to make add this other tangle to them, but if UNLV coaches and stuff can, can show to them that they can, they can do it safely and, and can be just as, prudent with the protocol, whatever protocols they might have to come up with that the NCA programs can do, then, then so, so be it. But uh, we'll, we'll have to see. Yeah. I, 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 yeah, it's just this guessing game thing is kind of a, is kind of a, a tricky thing. You know, it's you're right. Be upfront with this, be upfront and, and say what, well, this is what's going on. And, but you know, you say one thing and then, you know, then you, then you got to change it. So I don't, it's hard to it's hard to kind of gauge, yeah, but uh, and, and I get see. I get that, and that that's not my my point. My point is I understand it's fluid. I understand it's going to change, and I think the American people over the last nine to ten months have known that uh, this is not a normal year and that things will change. But I still think you should you need to say something like 
uh, ASU should say, hey, all of our club sports are canceled because we think that's the right thing to do. Okay, we understand that's the right thing to do. And the University of Arizona says, we're going to try to play, but we're going to do it under certain protocols. And if not only our team meets them, but the teams we play meet them, we think we can play. And I think uh, that could be the same thing for UNLV and for everybody else is that just tell us what you're doing because uh, if you don't, especially in the world of hockey and in NCAA hockey, what we've seen in the past is that programs dissolve. Uh, we just watched uh, uh, Alabama Huntsville dissolve and have to raise a million plus dollars to come back. And now they have a 10, 15 year game plan with funding to, to keep them relevant. And, and that's all I think fans and media and everybody else are looking for is just give us a plan. If you got to change it, hey, we get it. It's a tough year. But uh, saying nothing makes everybody think you're going away. And I just don't want to see that as a person that uh, that loves hockey and wants to grow the game. So that's my still well, I'll, I'll, tell, I'll tell you this one thing, though, is, you know, UNLV at the, in the summer was pretty ambitious because they – they were really the only team that I know of that actually put out a schedule, that a full schedule that if the season was going to start on time of who they were going to play and, and what they were going to do. And then obviously when, you know, it was getting closer to the season and, and COVID was continuing to be having and the decisions were made to delay and postpone the start, then they made that announcement that, you know, we have to, we have to postpone the, our season until January. And then, you know, now the hope is, you know, maybe, maybe they're not going to be playing January. So, you know, so I don't know, but, uh, so it's interesting now. Yeah, UNLV at the time put out a schedule, a full schedule, and we're and that was we were thinking about how I'm, and then none of the, that was pretty ambitious at the time, and then now obviously that didn't pan out. But we're not faulting them for that. They, no, they were, that, at that time they thought that, I'm saying they were gonna. Yeah, I'm saying they yeah. did it exactly right because they and they're still doing it exactly right. They're telling people that hey, mm -hmm. we think we can play. Well, this three on three tournament that was held went off pretty much without a hitch. Um, so mm -hmm. you know. They're keeping themselves relevant. That's all I'm saying is just stay relevant. Keep keep your name yes. out there. If you have to sell stuff to help raise money or do whatever, then do well, that. But but and, don't and, go away. And they've been doing a good job with that. Yeah, they've been doing a good job with that. You're at U of A's the store. You know, V's got this uh, store that they've uh, launched, and of course they're prom they're promoting their different products. They've got some holiday stuff that they they're putting out there, and they're using Facebook to put stuff up there. So yeah, it's they they're being smart and keeping themselves in the in the relevancy same with the uh, with u of a and uh, so yeah and you look at about the nhl look at them now they they were talking about starting one way and now there's a talk that maybe they're going to do the pod thing so that that's constantly changing there so yeah it's just it's yeah, just but, uh, but you know what that can constantly change because you know what you and i are talking about it everybody else is talking about it that means they're relevant mm -hmm. and as long as you stay right. relevant in a sport like hockey especially in the southwest you must stay relevant because if you become non-relevant, you become a, uh, a situation where you got to try to win your fans and your sponsors back again. And and I don't want to see people go through that. I don't want to go through that. But anyway, that's my soapbox for tonight. I'll let you take it away with your read, and we'll say goodnight with little Roger Klein and the Peacemakers. Maryville University and Maryville Saints Hockey has presented Club Hockey Southwest Weekly also brought to you by Verizon, the 5G and 5G Ultra Band for business that America has been waiting for. Maryville University and Maryville Saints Hockey, come to Greater St. Louis and get a first-class education and a first-class hockey experience. 
Uh, Caesars Entertainment, wherever you're bound, there's bound to be a Caesars Resort across the U.S. or worldwide. Roger Klein's Cancion Tequila, ultra-smooth, Arizona-owned. Go to MexicanMoonshine.com and try our original cocktail recipes. By OxyPow, visit our full line of natural cleaning products at OxyPow.com. Jesse Ray's Barbecue at 5611 South Valley View Boulevard in Las Vegas, where it always seems like it takes you longer to decide what to eat than to actually eat it. By Summer Skates, doesn't matter what season, we still like to get keep our drinks cold. Get your personalized koozies and shower shoes. Go to IceTimeHockeySW.com slash partners and click on the Summer Skates banner. The University of Arizona. By M-Drive, presenting partner of What Drives You. M-Drive in the morning, relax at night. Our two-step system for energy, stamina, recovery. And by Behind the Mask, in the net, up the ice, or in line. Serving the Arizona hockey community and beyond since 1994. Maryville University and Maryville Hockey's Club Hockey Southwest Weekly and all of the Ice Time Hockey SW podcasts are live every week on the Podbean app, available for download at Apple Podcasts, Podbean, the Google Play Store, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and on the TuneIn app. Just ask Alexa to turn on your ITHSW podcast. Club Hockey Southwest Weekly, presented by Maryville University and Maryville Hockey as part of the Ice Time Hockey SW Dot com network. I do want to mention one other thing real quick. Uh, congratulations to Kurt Underwood, the captain of UNLV Rebel Hockey. He uh, graduated, uh, so congratulations to him on his graduation there. So Very well said, my friend, and do uh, congratulate uh, Mr. Underwood for me if you see him before I do. Um, I do want to say thank you to our special guest tonight, uh, Tanner Wilson from the Texas Sports Review. Also to Chad Berman, the head coach of the University of Arizona, for joining us and providing more insight. Uh, I tell everybody every week uh, there are four great podcasts all in prime time, 7.30 p.m. Mountain Time. We are the quad pod of hockey, as I like to say. Start Sunday night with College Hockey Southwest Live, Professional Hockey Southwest Weekly on Monday, College Hockey Southwest Weekly on Tuesday. And, of course, you listen to us every Wednesday on Club Hockey Southwest Weekly as well. So have a good night, my friend. Take care, and we will talk to you again next week. That's right, the quad pot of hockey, as you call it, right? Every every Wednesday, every Sunday through Wednesday. Uh, of course, people can also listen to the podcast any other time if they can't listen to it when we're on live. So uh, there you go. People should do it. We're getting People need to download and subscribe if, if they haven't already. Uh, we're, we're trying to get those numbers up hopefully before the end of the year. So people, if you pass this podcast along and, uh, and help get on board with us. Absolutely. Good night, everybody.